0: Can you hear me?
1: Hey Sean, how you doing, bro? Good, how you doing? Good, man, good. Just got back from your run? Yeah. It was nice. The weather's
0: the weather's super good here lately. So enjoying it. Good stuff,
1: brother, good stuff. Where you are right now? Right
0: now I'm sitting in my apartment.
1: Um Sounds good, so, man. Yeah. So you you hear me well? Yeah, yeah, it's good. Alright, perfect. So, um, you know, just starting a new series here on the podcast, and uh, basically the road to pro. I know your desire is to play pro football, and I just want to show people the behind the scenes of how people, you know, really go about it and th- what the grind really is about. Because some people think that it's really easy, but at the end of the day, you know, it's going to be a lot of hard work. Right, right, I'm just taking that opportunity. So I'm sure, love to hear your background a bit, and that, if you could just introduce yourself, uh, your name, where you're originally from, how old you are, where you're currently playing, and then you know your position. Sure, sure.
0: So, uh, my name's Sean Vinberg. I'm from Massapequa Park, New York, uh, Long Island. Um, I'm 23 years old. I'm currently in Hamburg, Germany, playing with Nindo for TS Vau in the Oberliga. Um, Right now, I'm playing centre-back, but throughout my career, I've been uh, a centre-back or outside-back and even a six. Uh, It really depends on the coach's opinion on me. Um, But right now, I'm playing
1: mostly centre-back. Nice, man. Sounds good. Um. So, you know, your past a little bit and the past, you know, three or four years, where have you played before leading up to this point? Sure. So I went to,
0: uh, I did four years at SUNY Oneata, which is a, uh, a D3 school in upstate New York. Um, we had um, a fairly successful four years there. My junior and senior year, we made it to the final four. Um, <clears throat> and overall, it was good. Uh, I think... The stereotype of, of a Division three school you think is the level is low, but um, there's actually a few of us playing pro um, from that team. Nice. So we, we had a good group of guys. Um, and then upon graduation in 2016, I played uh, in that summer, I played NPSL, and then I... Um, Long story short, in 2017, I wound up going to Mongolia and playing in the Mongolian Premier League, um, which is a, a crazy story how I wound up there. Yeah, So I played, sure, that was an experience. Yeah, to yeah. say the least. Um, so I wound up playing there for the, the whole season, which uh, is five months because of their winter. You can't, you can't play outside. It's too cold. Yeah. So I was there from April until October of 2017. Uh, and then I came here to Germany in January, middle of January. And I, I've been here ever since.
1: Nice, man. Nice. Yeah, I mean, uh, just pointing to your, to your thing about Oneonta, I mean, I think too many people have those stereotypes uh, about the level, um, Division 3, Division 2, Division 1. At the end of the day... The only thing that matters is you know, how competitive are the guys that, you are, that you're training with, that you're competing against, and what's their desire at the end of the day. Because I, I think you know, people, like you said, look too much into the divisions. And uh, like we've spoken about, I think the most important thing is getting yourself better every single day. And if you right. can challenge yourself every day uh, and become a better footballer at the end of the day, that's the most important thing to your own development.
0: A hundred percent. Yeah, I I totally agree with that. And we um, we had a a really unique situation because the so in 2011, the year before my class graduated high school, they made it to the final four. Um, And what happened with myself and a lot of other players is um, many of us planned on going to D1 schools, but we weren't getting much athletic scholarships was going to be expensive. Um, the program itself, um, you know, a lot of a lot of the D1 schools, they don't really do well. Um, yeah. They don't have a winning record, and then uh, we see all of us saw that they made it to the Final Four, um, and they had a great season. So it wound, we wound up having 17 freshmen come in, uh, wow. which is a ridiculous. I mean, we we outnumber the upperclassmen, everyone else on the team. Um, and then, obviously, a few transferred out because they weren't playing, but it was a, a really large group of guys that all came in with the one goal in mind of, hey, they made it to the Final Four. Let's do that, but let's also win a national championship. So, for four years, that was the mindset, and, I mean, training was top-notch every
1: single day. That's awesome. That's awesome. So, the intensity at the training was, was always good
0: yeah it, it was always good. There was never a day where people just you know didn't care because there was we had so many good players that you couldn't afford to do that yeah because I mean pretty much all four years we could have fielded two teams and done well um, exactly. so if if you're if you're not having a good game there's two or three people on the bench that will replace you, and you yeah. never know if you lose your spot, you might not get it back exactly so that exactly. that and created that... an environment of you know, always pushing each other and, and giving it your best every session.
1: Absolutely. Yeah, that's, that's essential. Uh, and then, you know, taking it from there to Mongolia, what was, how was that jump? I mean, how did that come about and uh, what was the difference uh, between college and then playing in the Mongolian Premier League? I mean, that's quite interesting, definitely an interesting experience. For sure.
0: So do you want me to describe how I got there or just the difference in play? Yeah, I mean, I mean, your journey, your journey over there. Sure, sure. So. So in September of 2016, so I graduated in May, played throughout the summer, and then um, I did a combine with a guy that my cousin knows, uh, who he played most of his career in Southeast Asia. But he he's met a lot of people. He has a pretty big network. Yeah, And I wound up getting scouted to go to trial for a team in Portugal. Um, it, it, we wound up not go- I Myself and another American didn't go until January. By the time we get there to go to this team, they have uh-huh. a new coach. The other coach uh-huh. got sacked. Yeah. Um, and you know where it goes from there. It was basically a big waste of time. Exactly. But uh, the same guy that I did the combine with, he, he's from Trinidad, and he knew another guy from Trinidad that was playing in Mongolia. And he – I don't know how they approached each other, but he basically said, my team in Mongolia that I played for last year, I'm personally leaving, but they're looking for a center back, a center mid, and a striker. Mm -hmm. Um, And I know that you have this combine if you know any players. So he approached me with it. He told me it's a direct contract. I'm not going there to go on trial. Uh, This is what you're going to be – You know, this is the the details of the contract – And my response was, I want to go to, this was in November, so I want to go to Portugal first. If that doesn't work out, then I'll take it. Because I wanted to get my first professional season in, and I didn't want to just skip a season and stay in New York and play. I felt that, I mean, it's, obviously, I could have never dreamed of going to Mongolia. I mean, I don't think anyone could imagine that. But it was an experience, to say the least.
1: Yeah, and like you said, you know, sometimes you got to take what you can get uh, in this world of football. You know, like you said, sometimes there's a lot of promises being made. And then at the end of the day, like you said, the coach ends up leaving. Uh, the board ends up leaving. They end up not giving you as much money as they said they were going to. Right, exactly. Uh, that's, that leads to other things. And I think, obviously, it was definitely a smart choice to go over to mongolia and play because it it, you know i'm sure it got you out of your comfort zone
0: yeah it definitely did and then it also i mean living in a country like that that you i mean it's probably one of the few on in this planet that you can't really find much about the country by googling it yeah um google translate google translator doesn't work for the language wow um so you're going into something that you really have no idea about, other than there was another American player that I spoke to and the guy from Trinidad before I went mm. to have a yeah. little bit of an idea, but they can't tell you much because you have to go there and experience it yourself. Absolutely. Um, so living there is unique, but at the end of the day, you're playing you're playing football, you're playing soccer. It's the same game. Yeah. Um, and they have their different ideas on how to play, right. but it, it all is the same thing. So, mm-hmm. I mean, you learn – football terms and communication on the field that, that's easy but the rest of the language i mean you pretty much don't pick up anything
1: yeah exactly i mean at the end of the day you were playing minutes at a competitive good level uh right. and like you said that's all that matters and sometimes you don't speak the language but at the end of the day football is the universal language and you know body shape body movement things like that are, are can sometimes even be better than language
0: yeah, and and that and that was totally true because we went there with four Americans. Um, we were all on the, on the same team,
1: mm-hmm.
0: and uh, two of them, for some reason, uh, they thought they they thought they were really good players, and they they were yeah. too good to be there. Uh-huh. And and the players on the team, most of them really couldn't speak English, but you could yeah. still, like you said, through body language and your effort and just little communication, they they get what you're trying to say. But exactly. they acted like they were too good, and they actually really? wound up leaving four weeks into really? it because wow. uh, they basically got into a fight with a few kids on the team, like an argue, a heated argument because wow. uh, someone, one of the, the center mid, he wasn't playing well, and he got taken off in the 60th minute. And in Mongolia, you, need, you can have four foreigners on the field, and that's what makes your team really strong because yeah. there's only so many good Mongolians.
1: Yep. So for him
0: to get subbed off at the 60th minute, I mean that's that's really hurting us because the foreigner should be the the backbone of the team, exactly. and he's having such a bad game. So he goes off the field and he winds up getting a red card on his way off the field. And so now we're playing oh, a man, man right. down. And then yeah. after the game, it just it turned into uh, an argument. But yeah, yeah, I mean, like that was just that, pure body language.
1: Yeah, I mean I'm sure they could feel the energy of the kid and. uh like you said, see it on his face, see it in his body that he thought he was too good and just didn't want to be there. And uh, right. I mean, right. at the end of the day, you got to take every opportunity you can uh, with grace and gratitude and positivity because, you know, that's the only thing you can do at the moment. You can only work on yourself in the present moment and make yourself better every day.
0: For uh, sure. No matter,
1: no matter where you are.
0: Yeah. And, and, and not only you want to continue to improve um, your game, your, your football, but also you have to enjoy the experience and enjoy where exactly. you're traveling. I mean, that's that's part of this process, uh, you exactly. know, leaving the country yep. and going to these other countries and playing. It, it's you're learning different cultures, and you're wind, you wind up in places you never thought you would wind up. So exactly. you, you, have to, you have to enjoy that and be really open-minded to what you're walking into.
1: Yeah, yeah. So overall how is the was the football over there compared to what you had played previously? Um
0: well to start so you, the at the end of the season first place um makes it into the AFC Cup which is the okay. Asian Europa League. So wow. there it's the second highest tournament. Mm-hmm. So you are playing for for a spot. So it is competitive. Yeah. But the the actual football um it's really, really fast-paced. I mean, it's mm-hmm. probably close to like the typical uh, university American style. Yes. Um, maybe not as physical, but they had they have zero patience in terms of building up the play. Really, wow. Um, and the best teams actually have foreign coaches, so because they are implementing the idea of keeping the ball and, you know, not just kicking it down the field or or trying to attack right away and be patient. So the football, it wasn't the best. Yeah. Um, And it is a growing league last, when I was there, it was the first year where every team was strong. There wasn't a weak team that was getting killed every game. Um, But before that, before 2017, there was always one or two teams that were just terrible yeah. So the it's it's in the ground stages still, but I think five ten years the league will be uh, quite good because you have that AFC Cup spot. Mm-hmm. And I don't know too much about it, but I'm I would imagine it's probably the easiest financially uh, league to get into the cup. Yeah. Because you're competing against countries like Thailand um, and Japan and China where they have to put in so much money to try and get into that tournament where in Mongolia you don't have to invest nearly as much so I think in time and uh, people with money will eventually figure that out and and bring the money there
1: yeah that's that's really interesting for sure um where is Mongolia located exactly (laughs) so it is um
0: it's above China and it's between China and Russia Um, and it's 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 on the eastern side of Asia, so near Korea, near Japan, but it's a landlocked country between China and Russia, and then uh, actually Kazakhstan is is to the west of it. Wow, nice um, man, that's
1: what a yeah Yeah, it,
0: it's it's out there, crazy man. So <laughs> how
1: how was uh how is like the food and the people out there? Um.
0: So the food, the food. So for the first month or two. I would maybe eat the food uh, for like lunch, for example, mm. just to, you know, kind of experience the culture. It's food you've never eaten before. Exactly. Um, it's so cheap. So you could eat, you could eat a full meal. Like you're, it's more food than you need to eat yeah. and it, it costs like a dollar. Wow. Crazy. Um, so, I mean, it, that was, that's crazy to be in a country where everything is so inexpensive. Mm. But after that, I mean, it's not, it's very, like, greasy and oily. um, Yeah. And it just, their diet is very uh, simple. It's just meat, potatoes, carrots, and onions. That's Uh what they have there. Uh And they don't really use much seasoning. Okay. So you can think of every way, and then you add rice in that. You can think of every way you could eat that combination, and they have that. Yeah. But at the end of the day, it all tastes the same. Yeah. And and after a month or two, I don't think I ate maybe ten times. I don't think I I ate Mongolian food again (laughs) because it really is just it's it's
1: horrible. Yeah, I'm sure it gets tiring. That. Yeah. But how were the people? Were they were they were they nice people? people?
0: Um, the young, like our age, uh, the our age people are are, they're nice and they're they're more open minded, but I think the biggest thing is the older generation because they're so proud to be Mongolians, yeah. Um, because of the history and Genghis Khan and yeah, the issues with China and Russia, they're so proud to be Mongolians that the older generation is not. They're not very open to foreigners being there. Mm, that's um, interesting. But you don't, it's funny because, you know, you'll walk around and when you, when you first get there in April, the, tour, the tourists aren't there yet. They don't come until July. Mm-hmm. There's a summer festival. So you're, you're really the only non-Mongolians there. I mean, there's very few. So you walk around everywhere and everybody stares at you. Yeah. I mean, it's like you're, you know, a superstar, Mm. but you're just not them. Just different. Um, Just different, exactly. And they look at you like, what is that? Which is hilarious. Um, (laughs) And it's even funnier because the the American that wound up staying with me had dreads. So it was like an extra, like, whoa, what is that? Oh, for Um, sure. But then, like, if they're older, like, old guys get drunk and they start saying stuff to you. And you could... You could tell by body language once again yeah. that it's not something nice, uh-huh. <laughs> but you you don't know the language and you have no idea what they're saying, so you just not laugh your head. and you keep walking, yeah. Yeah, exactly. But I would imagine it's not something nice. Yeah, it's interesting, man.
1: So then, you know, I've, ha- I've had some similar experiences actually in Germany where they look at you where you have like two or three heads when you speak English. Uh, let's right. just take it over to Germany. How how has the experience differed, and how's it been? How's your experience so far been over there? Um, well, in term in terms of just living
0: here, it's night and day because I'm comparing it to yes. Mongolia. Exactly. And I was I was in the capital of Mongolia, but it's still it's night and day. I mean, it, it's just living in the Western culture versus living in something that it 's really, really old, and they 're mm-hmm. just coming around to modern times, so I, I love it here and Hamburg is beautiful. when I first got here the weather the weather was not good, it was cold, snowing a lot, um, but now it 's actually been really nice for the past four weeks and this Hamburg's unique as because it's a you are in the city, but it 's a very green city there 's yeah. trees everywhere there 's a lot of parks. Um, there's a river and a lake in the middle of the city. So it it's beautiful. I'm loving it here.
1: That's really nice, man. And it's a port city, isn't it? Right near.
0: Yes. Exactly. Yes. So th- you have all the ships, um, all types of ships here, nice. which is great. Uh, that's a, it's a cool place to hang out.
1: That's awesome, man. And like you said, I think it just living in Mongolia gives you that sense of gratitude coming from America and then yes. being able to live again in in Europe where you know Germany and America are similar in that way um and it just gives you that sense of gratitude that where you come from you know right right and 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 that's one of the biggest
0: things I took from Mongolia is how how little you need really exactly. and, and also how fortunate we are to live where we do yeah um just the smallest things we take for granted there Absolutely. Is, is something special so that that's something I really took from there, and I'll, I'll I'll always remember
1: that. Absolutely, yeah. I mean, everyone nowadays in America, all over Europe, everyone thinks we need so many things. And like you said, uh, from a, seeing a country like that, you really don't need much. And the most important thing, obviously, is health and happiness.
0: Yeah, yeah, and
1: it, it's. I mean,
0: there's so many little things, and I have a many. I have many stories, but. One thing is like so you're in the capital Ulaanbaatar and mm. it is it's it is more modern than you would imagine. It is an upbeat city. Yeah. But uh, for every it's split up into districts. You can consider it like a village. And for two weeks in the summer, every district it, it's a, it rotates, but every district loses hot water. Wow. So for two weeks, I'm I'm showering with a bucket. <laughs> wow. Having to heat my water. Off. Oh I mean, man. Just little things like that, that it's just normal for them, yeah. but we take it for granted that we just turn on the hot water, and it's there. Exactly. But, no, absolutely. But there, it, 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 I mean, it's something that is really prized, and then I'm, I'm showering with a bucket, which is ridiculous, but <laughs> yeah. hey, it's part of the experience. Exactly, man. Exactly.
1: So, if we could just shift the topic a little bit to motivation, because I know, obviously... You know, it was. This, it's the same for me, not coming from America with, uh, you know, a huge name being drafted. It's it's kind of, it's tough in the beginning, and we will, will always be tough. It's a struggle to play yes. out here and keep grinding every day, going through the ups and downs and the obstacles, and I think the most important thing is finding the positivity and obviously the gratitude and um, the opportunities that we have, finding how great it is, and, uh, you know, what I want to really touch upon is, you know, I think at the end of the day, you always go back to the love of the game and why you play the game, so, just wanted to ask, you know, is there a specific why uh, that you play the game of football? Well,
0: I mean, I've been playing this, I've been playing the game since I could walk because of my older brother, so it I, I i think it's just in my blood i mean it's yeah. I, it's always been there for me and it's and it's cont- it, i've never not played so i, I yep. don't really know life without it exactly but part of part of this kind of choosing to pursue the professional side mm. um i think that it's important especially these years where you're you have your peak athleticism exactly i find it if you have the talent and you have the drive and motivation i think it's um it's almost maybe naive to not try and pursue this because exactly. and just get a, get a job and yeah. work a 9 to 5 and start creating you know earning a lot of money but then you you have nothing to do with the money versus now we can we can use our skills and our talents to travel the world and learn so many different things that you really couldn't learn any other way. Absolutely. Absolutely. And we're fortunate enough to have the talents and the skill set to do this where you're kind of using your, your skills to, pay, to pay, pay for you to travel and live in places. Absolutely. Because traveling places is one thing, but living, living different places is totally different because you, you immerse yourself in the culture. And exactly. You really learn things that you can't learn by just traveling somewhere and visiting for two weeks.
1: Mm-hmm and you can 't you can 't learn it sitting down and studying history textbooks in a classroom
0: right right exactly I mean, at the end this of the is... day
1: you have to like you said, you have to be able to communicate with people, uh, you have to be able to be independent, you have to be able to be what I think is very big. You have to be able to be alone and really embrace that, and I think you find out more about yourself than you ever would being in another country alone. Uh, another language different traditions different culture I think that is the the ultimate way to grow and get out just get out of your comfort zone
0: exactly and I, I was just about to say you, know, you become you become very comfortable with being uncomfortable exactly and I know that's that's used in more of like a, a physical standpoint where you know, push yourself until you're uncomfortable and be comfortable, you know, being in physically pain, your muscles hurt. Yeah. But, but this is more, there's more to it than just the physical side. And exactly. like you said, the mental aspect, sometimes you, you feel alone and you don't know the language and it's really uncomfortable. You're just trying to do the daily tasks that you take for granted mm-hmm. in say America, or if you were in London, where exactly. you speak the language, but then you go to a country where you, you don't know anything. Yep. And you just kind of you you learn it as you go, exactly, but another reason also that I am pursuing this is I also want to to show or or be an example for people that you can do this if you okay. don't have a big name coming out of college yeah. this is not this is not for the the select you know fifty guys that get drafted that it's that's kind of um especially soccer in america it's not. It's the culture is so, so different outside of uh, exactly. the U.S. Exactly. And you so wanna on that. that ag- yeah. I, I mean, just like, like it's even the little, the, the smallest things like you walk around, um, you know, you're just walking to the store and you walk past the school mm-hmm. and the yeah. kids are outside and they're all playing soccer. Exactly. They're not. They're not playing any other sports. And you have girls and boys they're just all chasing one ball around and there's like 50 of them. Yep. And they have these like metal goals and they have clay fields or just a cement mm-hmm. field. Yeah. And they're having the greatest time. Yeah. And you see that everywhere and then you also see old men but in a men's league and out of shape and out of uh you know they they have no it doesn't seem like they'd be able to play soccer mm-hmm. yet they're out there. You know, communicating and, and organizing, thinking they're in the Bundesliga. Exactly. But it's it's just the culture. They think that they think that's where they are. Yep. But it's a to, it's a totally different culture. hmm I mean, it it's hard to explain because it, it wasn't like that in Mongolia. But now that I'm in Europe and and in Germany, where it's life. Like, yeah. One of my friends said it best. Even if you don't like football, you know about football.
1: Exactly. Exactly and at the end of the day like like i've talked with other friends if you're in america you turn on a tv and you can find you know different sports you can find basketball baseball hockey whatever it is but right. especially a country like germany when i was there as well i honestly felt football in the air like wherever yes. you wherever you walk there's signs of clubs there's chanting like you said there's people playing on the streets and chasing one ball um and surprisingly enough you got guys who are really really out of shape but they're still great on the ball and they right. still they still know where to be i mean i used to play at a ground and um i would see you know really overweight guys and just be astonished how good they are technically and how good they were on the small pitch because they didn't have to move much they just knew where right, to be right
0: right right
1: And they knew how to manipulate the ball, and I think in in America we really look past that. And like you said, you don't, you can't. You could watch it on TV, you could hear, you could watch documentaries, but like you said, you can't really feel it until you see it. Yeah, and I I think it
0: like you said, with you can turn on the television and, and find any sport here. Everybody watches football. Everyone watches soccer. So exactly. Whatever they're doing, if you imagine everyone in America only watch soccer, that's yeah. what they would talk about. They would start talking about, oh, you know, I don't think his tactics are right. Oh, I don't, I like the way he plays. I mean, no, I, I prefer this guy. Imagine if the only exactly. e- everyone only talked about one sport. That's what it is. Yep. Yeah, and it's it, really hard to explain
1: until you come here and experience it. Exactly, and it feels so good, especially like walking into a bar or a restaurant or a coffee shop and just seeing the game on TV coming from America, it's just like astonishing. You you know, you would, if you walk into a diner or a restaurant in America, you hardly ever will see soccer on. I mean, it's growing now, but usually you're going to see baseball, basketball, American football, but you'll never see the real game, the beautiful game.
0: Right. and, and, and for that reason, I mean, I'm so lucky to be here when the World Cup's going to be on, so exactly. I can't wait to watch games here when, when Germany's playing. Exactly. And, and it's, that's a whole other thing, because there's actually a street in Berlin uh, where it's one mile long, yeah. and there's, like, over a million people watching the game. Yep. Which, I, don't, I mean, I don't think we have anything in America that, that could do something like that. No. So wow. it, it's, it's in me, it's, it runs deeper than just, you know, I like the sport. Yeah. It's, there's a, there really is a passion for it. yep It's in the blood. Like you said. Yeah.
1: hundred percent. Yeah, man, that's fantastic. Um, and then obviously, you know, there's, you know, people think that the road to success is just linear and, you know, we both know that it's not, there's going to be so many yeah. ups and downs. And sometimes you got to take one step back to take two steps forward and you're going to run into politics. You're going to run into a lot of bullshit, but at the end of the day, the most important thing is just to keep going because that you know that's yes. the only thing you can do. And what I want to know from you is how like how do you remain positive and remain, you know, motivated through the ups and downs of the journey and the ups and downs of the game?
0: I think I think the big one of the biggest things is just continue to move forward and get better. Yep. And if you can keep that mindset consistent, what happens that is out of your control, or what happens that you know you did it didn't go the way you planned it? If you can keep that that basis, that foundation of just keep getting better, keep improving, keep learning, um, that will kind of steady you through the ups and downs, because there there's going to be plenty of times where it feels like, what am I doing? Why am I doing this? Yes. Um, but then you, you wait an hour and that goes away and, and then you realize, oh, I love doing this. Mm-hmm. And I think if you just keep working hard and keep moving forward and learning and always be open to learn from everyone, yes. I, think, I think the ups and downs aren't so uh, – the downs aren't so deep exactly and you don't want to get down into a really bad place where you you just quit and you leave and then i would imagine if you do that you're going to regret it
1: yeah because then you never know where you would have ended up right and uh i think a lot of people that i've spoken to um you know like when they take this journey like me and you have you look back at your friends and you see them on instagram and snapchat story having fun cracking beers whatever they're doing with a ton of good-looking girls At the end of the day, for me, I think that gets tiring. I think, you know, chasing this dream and chasing what you really love is what it's all about. Right. And obviously, for me, social media can be used in in a variety of ways. But sometimes the negative aspect of it is you can start comparing yourself to others. Oh, he's making this much money. Oh, he's getting this girl, that girl. And I'm over here just, you know, playing footy. And not making as much money as he is, but at the end of the day, the experience that you gain and you're, you're actually chasing what you really love and not just right' work, not just chasing something for the money Yes, and hundred percent, and I think people get
0: too uh, too attached to the social media and, and seeing what other people are doing because exactly I think a lot of that too is superficial, it's not yes. People want to make themselves somebody they're not. It's a highlight reel. Using it's a highlight reel exactly. Sure. And life is not a highlight reel. No. And what we're doing, chasing—I mean, the game—it's amazing that we even get paid to play this. Exactly. Uh, and we're learning so much along the way that you can't learn any other way. Any other way. Yes. And in time, and in time, the money and being comfortable will come. But I, there's no reason for that now. No, for me, it's okay as long as I have a roof over my head and I'm able to eat and I'm playing the game, I'm happy. Yeah, everything, everything more than that, it doesn't, it's not really relevant. No, and and after doing this for so long, you realize that all the other stuff is not necessary and it doesn't really have an impact on your happiness, whether you think it will or not. Exactly,
1: yeah, and at the end of the day, you know. That's all that matters. Like you said, people try to show these highlight reels, and deep down, they're not really uh, as happy as, as they look. And right. you know, I get a ton of messages on the daily, oh, I would love to be doing what you're doing, this and that. And obviously, I'm sure they would, but they don't know how much sometimes a struggle it is. And at the end of the day, the most important thing to, to grow and, and get stronger and get better mentally and physically is to be in the struggle you know at the end of the day building muscle is progressive overload you have to have a, a certain amount of stress on the muscle or on parts of your body as a human to grow and it's the same thing mentally for yourself and for your career i think
0: yeah no and and to continue with that how you have to you have to, you have to, you know, when you work out, you hurt your muscle for it to grow, right? Yep. But the same thing happens with the mind. And the guy named uh, David Goggins. Oh, he's an animal, dude. Joe Rogan's podcast. Yes. He talks about he does things that are really difficult and that he doesn't like to callous his mind. Yep. Which is, you know, you, you get calluses on your hands from working out, right? But yeah. doing difficult things and then continuing to do them over and over again calluses your mind where... You know, people freak out over the smallest things and you know that they don't do many difficult things if that's getting them upset exactly. or if that's, you know, that's causing them to freak out. Yep. But where, when you get so comfortable with the uncomfortable, it, it doesn't, you know, a lot of things don't phase you in life. Exactly. I think that's something that you're going to carry with you for the rest of your life.
1: Mm-hmm. And you can remain calm and at peace of mind when others, like you said, react to the same situation in a different manner.
0: Yes and, exactly you know,
1: like like you said in the beginning, chasing this dream and um, whatever it is, when you undergo physical pain, you obviously become mentally stronger, but it prepares you, like Goggin says it prepares you for life because there's going to be a lot of a lot of downs, like you said, and you got to remain at equilibrium, You got to remain at balance, you can't get too high on the ups and you can't get too down on the downs
0: right exactly and and I mean he I, I recommend everyone out there listening to this to go listen to that podcast yeah, as well with an Joe animal. Rogan. But you know, one of the things he said that really stuck with me is he said, "Be uncommon amongst uncommon people."
1: Exactly. And
0: so don't don't just be, uh, you know, don't be moderate. Don't be like everyone else. Go out, go out, and be unique. Exactly. And then once you once you become unique and you find yourself around unique people, now you have to be. Even more different than them. Yeah, exactly. And it never and it never stops. No, it never does. And it's a mindset that you that that's just how you live with. It's a it's a mindset that is not just focused on soccer, not just focused on one aspect of your of your life. It's it's the entirety.
1: Exactly. And that's the that's the macro of it all. That's the whole journey.
0: Exactly, yeah. yeah. Absolutely.
1: So, so touching on goggins, that motivates me to talk a bit about your training. Uh, if we could touch a bit on your team training first, and then I want to ask you some things about your individual training. How often uh, do you train with your team?
0: So we train three to four times a week. Mm-hmm. Um, this this uh, season was a little unique because of the winter, a lot of the games in this second half of the season were canceled in the beginning. So we wound up playing many weeks where you were playing two games a week. Well, wow. so then you're just training. You have three training sessions, but really two are hard training sessions. The third is something light before a game. Yeah, um, which you know we're used to training a lot more than that. But mm-hmm. I think it is kind of normal here. Exactly. Um, I think four four to five is probably more normal. But uh, the training, the actual training sessions, aren't so uh, intense where you're, you know, you're exhausted at the end of it. Not every training session needs to be like that. Exactly. Because you're preparing to be fresh for the game. And if you do that on every training session, you wind up not playing your best in the game.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. And yeah, at the end of the day, I think that's the most important, like you said, being fresh for every team training so you can perform at your best. And, you know, you can be starting on the weekend so you can move up. That's, that's the main goal. And right. like you said, as a team, every guy, you know—the coach needs to make sure that every player is fresh to make sure that his team gets the three points on a weekend. Because that, at this level, that's how he keeps his job.
0: Yeah, that—that's how he's getting his paycheck. Is—is is how many points the team gets. Exactly. Um, so that—that's definitely something new. That where we come, uh, you know, we come from university where you're training 5 days a week and mm-hmm. it's intense every single session. Exactly. That's something here in Europe I think it it's they really focus on not overtraining.
1: Exactly. No, I've noticed and keeping I've noticed, players I, fresh. I, yes, I've noticed that big and um, noticed it most last year, but because like when I was in Germany I was doing individually probably uh an extra 3-4 hours a day in team training and I was noticing it I was getting a bit burnt out, a bit tired, was getting some nagging chronic injuries and things like yes, that. Yeah, Yeah. And uh, at the end of the day, what I learned is it's about, it's about quality, quality over quantity. I mean, football yeah. is a sport where you have to be quick in the first five to 10 seconds, and, and that can either win a game or lose a game. Right. And if you train at full pace for 80 to 90 minutes, like you say, three to four times a week, and then you do two, one to two tactical sessions. That's really all you need.
0: A hundred percent, because you out. wanna you wanna be giving it a hundred percent in the game, and you don't want to give a hundred percent in the game, but you're so exhausted that you can only give eighty. Exactly. And you're not you're you're a little slower on your first step, yep. And Because of that, you're not getting to the ball, and like you said, that loses games. Yep. And and the season's long here, so they really focus on. It's a marathon, not a sprint. Yep. And even though you know you want to train, you want to earn that spot, you want to go, you know, a hundred and ten percent in training. You want to be healthy the whole season and not pick up an injury, and now you're out for two months.
1: Exactly. Exactly. So it's
0: about longevity, really.
1: Yeah, like you said, you know, everyone focuses on the whole season and making sure you do the whole season for the best for the best of your ability, but. You also got to look at it, like you said, from a micro level, and make sure that you play your best every single game because that—that's what adds up.
0: Right, right. I mean, at the end of the day, here, it, that is what it's all about. It's, it's whether you perform or not in the game? Yep. Because if you, you could do you know what you want in training, but really you don't earn you don't earn respect from players on your team. No. And also, the idea is to move up, so you're not going to be you don't. They don't see you in training. They're going to see you in games. So if you're not performing in games because you went, you know, too hard in training or not too hard, but you overtrain, you did too much on your own, you know, you're, you're working out like crazy and then you're coming into a game not fresh, you know, I think you're, you're not really realizing what you're doing.
1: Exactly. Your, your
0: mind's not in the right place.
1: Exactly. And what I can compare it to is, like, <clears throat> when you're in school and you're preparing for a test, you know – it's, it's about applying the concepts as best as you can to the test, which is the game. That's the right. test on the weekend. Right. You're going to war. You're going to battle. And I know in Sweden I, and in Germany, they say the same thing. They always ask, are you fit for fight today? Which means right. it's a battleground. You got to battle. And usually at the end of the day, the team who wins the most individual battle, battles is the team who wins.
0: Exactly. And that that is uh, really is how it works, um, and that and it comes down to fight, and you need to have you know eleven players that are fresh and ready to fight for ninety minutes.
1: Exactly, exactly. And just stemming off that a bit, just to ask you a bit about your your own individual training. Do you do any extra individual training on the on the pitch uh, in addition to? yes training?
0: yes 100 percent so i i personally like to especially at the end of a training um i like to just work on small things where you're not physically you know exhausting yourself but you know knocking a long ball yep. knocking a 40-yard ball with both your feet work on that for you know 15 20 minutes is all you need you don't need to hit 200 balls i mean yeah. you're gonna you're gonna wind up getting an injury exactly um Just really little things or even like a a tactical way of of playing a ball through to the nine as a center back. Mm -hmm. But getting it out from, you know, your left back or something. Just really small things uh, working on with, you know, a few players after training. And then, um, you know, going to the gym as well. You got to stay strong and and stay fit and healthy throughout the season. And I think for me at least working out is definitely helps. Exactly.
1: So what type of stuff do you do, do you incorporate in the gym, and how often would you do it in season?
0: So that that's a good – in season is a, a very important point because exactly. I don't – you, you want to be careful working out your legs in season, especially with heavy weights where you're going to get so sore that you can't run. Mm-hmm. Um, that's just stupid yep. because – Sure, you just, you know, you did a great squat and deadlift workout, but now you can't move for five days and most likely you have a game coming up.
1: Yep. Um, so not only
0: are you not going to be able to perform in training, it's probably uh, your legs are not going to be ready for the game either. So like we said, you know, the whole goal is to perform in the game. So you need to be, I, I'm very careful with training leg, not doing too much um, and not not going so heavy either on the weights. Um, and usually I'll only do a leg workout in the beginning of the week. That way, come game time, my legs are recovered and fresh, because that is the goal. And then, uh, core, core, and upper body. I mean, core is is super important. Um, upper body as well. I, I think is important to have. And then just staying flexible and stretching and of foam course. rolling and keeping your keeping your muscles uh, healthy.
1: Of course, man not great point on that great point on that like you said in season it's about maintenance and it's about staying free of injury because that's the most important thing we want to stay on the pitch and like we said before that's how you move up and that's how you progress in the game you perform well on the weekend
0: exactly and and you need to stay healthy to do that of course so you know people have their own ways of doing it but that that for me is how i stay healthy
1: Exactly. Just listening
0: to your body, you can tell when you're doing too much. Exactly. And most people will take that and then just not do anything because yeah. they want to stay fresh. Uh, and that's not what I'm saying. But you can tell when, you know, I, it's not smart to go before a training session to, to do a really hard workout where you're exhausted after it in the gym. And exactly. now you're going to training and you're exhausted. Yeah. Um, that's not smart. Yeah, you, it's about training smarter and not harder.
1: Absolutely. And knowing the
0: difference between
1: it—that's key. And like, yeah, it's it's all about balance. Like you said, it's about listening to your body and not going too hard and not going too soft. It's about—it's right. about having a happy medium.
0: Exactly, I, I couldn't agree more.
1: And obviously, nutrition is key here. Uh, yes. What's your What's your take on on nutrition overall?
0: Um, I I pay attention a lot to it. Probably for the past. Five or six years, I mean, I've really gotten into it and mm. always trying to learn more about it. Um, but in general, I try and stay away from uh, refined sugars and carbohydrates in terms of like bread and, and sweets, mm-hmm. um, all of that in moderation. It's okay at times, but in general, it's going to slow you down. Of course, it's going, to, it's going to kill you of energy, and when you're doing all of this training, your energy is priceless. Of course. So if you're going to jeopardize uh, having energy for eating something, yeah, um, you know, eating candy or eating whatever, and that's yeah. going to cause you tired, and you're not going to be able to, you know, give it your all in the training session. You know, you're not you're not getting the most out of what you could do. Exactly.
1: At the end of the day, people just want mouth pleasure.
0: Yes, yes, exactly. Mouth pleasure is a perfect way of putting it. Exactly. You know, you have, you have one minute of mouth pleasure to have an hour of feeling like crap. Exactly. Uh, and, and you got to ask, is
1: it really worth it? Right. right.
0: Yeah. And then you also have to, so that's, that's the stuff that I try to avoid, but then you have to realize you're doing all this work. You, you need to give your body nutrition to recover properly. Absolutely. And if you're not doing that, then that's how you get injured. Because now you're not giving your body what it needs, and then you're continuing to train, you're going to, you're going to get injured.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, Absolutely. That's too much stress.
0: Yes. So uh, I do pay attention a lot to lots of nutrition, actually.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it's good to hear. And uh, like you said, if you're going to go that hard in training and you're going to put in all that work, what's the point of putting crap in your body? I mean, that's the question you just got to ask yourself you right. got to look you got to look at yourself when you're going to eat that food and i think the most important thing is um you know trial and error obviously you 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 look for the things that don't have a lot of sugar and you know don't lead to inflammation but you got to sometimes you got to eat things and see how they make you feel because Sometimes gluten can make you feel crappy, lactose can make you feel crappy, so, like you said it 's all based on the individual so. right
0: and and that 's what I was saying I mean for the past six years essentially i 'm just using i 'm taking all the stuff i 'm learning, reading, and just seeing how my body reacts to it exactly if if you know you know now is the whole keto craze, the ketogenic yeah. diet, I personally am not interested in doing that no. because what i 'm doing now is working for me, and I know. I know how I feel with certain foods, and I know what foods, if I eat them, I'm not going to perform or I'm not going to feel good. Exactly. Um, so it, it is just trial and error, and you, f- you
1: need to figure out what works for you, and
0: everyone, everyone has a different way of doing that. Exactly,
1: and I think at the end of the day, if you want to be a competitive athlete, you do need carbs. I think it's obviously, it's obviously easy to be in ketosis. You know, it's not easy to be in ketosis and be fat-fueled. You can certainly do it. But uh, I think it takes way too much effort, and I think at the end of the day, you need to be replacing your glycogen with fibrous-rich carbs.
0: Right, right, and and also you don't want to get so caught up in, I mean, really, really watching your your micronutrients. I mean, you're exactly. here. We're we're playing football. Yeah, we're not we're not, we're body not a bodybuilder body exactly. No. So you're you're eating to perform. It's just fuel. Exactly. And what, what are you going to get, you know, the best bang for your buck is really what it comes down to. Exactly. You, you shouldn't, you know, weighing your food and it's ridiculous. It's whatever, exactly. whatever you feel best on is the, is the right diet for you.
1: Exactly. And, uh, I think some people worry about counting calories and things like that. But at the end of the day, I think it's about giving your body, like we said, fuel it to fuel your performance and make sure you perform your best. Uh, we're not robots. We're not right. here to count our calories and every single macronutrient, I mean, at the end of the day, if you have read deeply into this stuff, you can kind of guesstimate, uh, and that's what I do, I mean, I, I don't dive deeply into counting my macros, but I just try to get as much good food into my body as possible, and then I listen to my body, if I'm full, I stop eating,
0: right, if I'm so right. hungry, I'll, I'll eat, you know? Exactly, and and over time, you just, you figure it out, What what
1: is working and what is not working. Exactly. And then one more topic I want to co- cover obviously is recovery, since how we had spoken about how important it is to be fresh for every session. Do you uh, take part in you know any additional recovery techniques to you know nutrition and then working on your mobility like you said?
0: Yeah, so for sure stretching and and I like the foam roller to work out any you know tightnesses. Uh... Especially playing here, because some of the fields are turf, uh, like your, your Achilles gets tight. Yep. Um, because it's not, it's not the turf that we're spoiled in America to have. Exactly. It's basically AstroTurf. Yep. Um, so, you know, keeping that loose, uh, preventing that from getting injured. Um, actually, sauna is something that I, I've, I've always enjoyed, but now it's more accessible here.
1: Yeah, Germany, it, it, they have yeah, a ton cool. of them.
0: Yeah, Yeah, so that's great, you know, hopping there for 20, 30 minutes. Um, Obviously, make sure you're hydrated and you're not just sweating it out and not replenishing that, but I think that helps as well. Yeah. Um, And,
1: yeah, that's working for me. I I think it
0: it keeps me fresh and it keeps my legs feeling good.
1: Of course, man, of course. And then, uh, obviously, a big topic, I think the most important thing and the biggest thing for recovery is sleep. Um, how how do you view sleep? You know, what time you generally go to sleep? What time do you wake up? Um, so I, I make sure almost
0: every night that I get nine hours of sleep. Um, some, obviously sometimes, you know, you just want to hang out with friends. Of course. So maybe I'll sleep in a little later because of, uh, my, my job outside of football. I can kind of, it's my schedule is a little more flexible. So I pretty much, uh, I pretty much get nine hours of sleep every night. Obviously, nice. there's exceptions. Um, of course. But at the end of the day, your sleep is the way you're recovering. So if you're not, if you're not sleeping, you're not recovering.
1: Of course, man. Of course. Yeah, that, that's key. And uh, I want—I forgot to touch on this a bit. I mean, obviously, right now, I mean, I work an additional job as well. And I think many people do to supplement, you know, obviously we have the money to live, but we want a little bit of extra income. What are you doing on the side with football and how does that, uh, you know, interact?
0: Yeah. So that's another thing that um, a lot of people don't realize about this. Uh, When you're not, when you're not at the highest level, you, you don't make enough money to be a full-time footballer. So when I was in Mongolia, I did. Um, mm. I didn't have to have another job, and you have so much free time. Um, yeah. But now, uh, here in Germany, I, uh, I actually, right now, I'm teaching English online. That's now awesome. I, went, I went to university, and I, I got an adolescent education and a math degree. So mm. I did go to school for that, but this has nothing to do with that. Um, another footballer that I know, a Canadian uh, footballer here, he, he did it as well. And when I first came here, because I don't, I didn't, I don't have a visa, I came mm. here on a tourist visa, so I can't, I can't get a job, even if I exactly. wanted to. Um, and with this company, it's, it's actually an American-Chinese company, and you're, you're basically teaching one-on-one English with uh, Chinese, young Chinese kids ages 3 to, to 12. Mm. And all you need is a bachelor's degree with this company. So uh, it just happened, it it worked out that I did have an education degree. So, um, you know, I I can, I can work more if I want to, you know, I'm basically sought after because I have the the teaching degree. Um, But yeah, so I do that to make extra money because I need it. Um, Yeah. I know this is not the ideal situation that people think, but it's part of the journey. And I know that, uh, you know, in a year, a few years, it's going to work out where I don't need okay. to do this. But of for course. right now, it's what I have to do. And you just have to adjust exactly. and, and you make it work. If you yep. really, if you really want this to work, you can make it work. And there's many ways to do it. I of didn't know course. anything about this whole teaching online thing. Mm-hmm. Um,
1: and that's and part of building good networks and good relationships.
0: Right. Exactly. And that's just, you know, always asking. And really it is for this. It's, it's one of the best jobs you can have because it, has nothing to do with visas. Whatever country you're in, all you need is Wi-Fi, That's and awesome. you can work. And you're getting paid uh, through the state, so it has nothing to do with the visa. So really, it's actually a great job for this. But mm-hmm. I would have never known if I never met this Canadian guy. Exactly. Exactly.
1: And just uh, touching off, you know, some closing remarks. I want to know if you can give, you know, a couple of tips, two to three, to any young footballers or anyone out there who's chasing the dream. Any, anything you would, you would like to tell them? Yeah, well, one, one do it.
0: Don't, don't hesitate to do it. I think, I think a, a lot with this is you, you are trying to set up the perfect scenario and the perfect situation to go to. Mm-hmm. But actually, the, the best advice, and even here in Germany I can speak of, if you're here, if you just fly over to Germany – um, you can really just go to clubs uh, like the lower league clubs and they'll let you train. Exactly. They'll give you they they it might just be one day, but they'll they'll let you train for one day. And mm-hmm. if you're ready, if you're fit, if you're sharp and you play well, well, you might have just got signed after a few days of training. Of and course. it doesn't it doesn't take much. So don't, you know, don't stay in the states and try and set up situations from, mm-hmm. you know, 5000 miles away because most likely it's not going to happen if you do that. Exactly. But I think just take a chance and make it happen. Yep.
1: Like you said, you never know.
0: You never know what's gonna happen. Right. Um and then also be uh, be open to learning new cultures and also adjusting to wherever you are. Because if you uh are kind of closed minded in that sense of like mm-hmm. you know, I'm a, I'm American, this is just how I yeah. live, I only speak English. If you the little efforts you make to try and speak whatever language or wherever you are, or just trying to do things like they do it, you actually earn a lot of respect from yes. from even your teammates. And at the end of the day, for you to get signed to a team, it's not just if the coach likes you, but he also asks the players, Hey, how, mm-hmm. you know, how is he? How is he, he? he when when we're, you know, I'm, we're waiting for a drill, you know, what, what is are you guys getting along with him? Is he a nice guy? You know, that's that's also a part of it. Of so course. Just, just because you're a good player, you might not get signed if you're not a good person.
1: Because exactly.
0: they don't want to add a parasite to the team. That, that's just going to bring you guys down.
1: No, that's a key point. And I think at the end of the day, people, like you said, a lot of people, I noticed, especially when I was training a lot with Americans who were trying to come over there. I noticed a lot of Americans who were arrogant and ignorant. And like you said, they stuck to their own ways. They were going to say, oh, yeah, English is the... The global language, so I shouldn't tr- even try to learn German, and, you know, I'm going to live my own way, and I'm not going to adapt to their culture, Right. and like you said, you lose respect, and at the end of the day, I think the most important thing that a coach notices is the attitude and the energy that you bring to each session,
0: Right. Are and, you, you
1: know, are you bringing positivity, are you encouraging guys, are you, give, like you said, giving good body language?
0: Right, and, and are you making an effort to learn? Yeah. Um, because actually in Germany, most of the of you know the guys our age, they do know English. Mm-hmm. Um, because they learn in school and they say, you know, I don't speak English well, but they they really do. But at first, they're not gonna come out and speak to you in English. Mm-hmm. When I, you know, when I first came to the team, there was maybe one or two guys that would help me, you know, understand. And everyone else I thought didn't know English. Okay, and now okay. being with them for four months, I find out that most of them do, and they speak it pretty well. But they're, they're not going to come out and just, you know, come to your language. You're in their country. Yep. You're, in the, you're in their backyard. You can't expect them to start doing things like you do it. And y- you have to be open and respectful of, of where you are.
1: Yeah, that's key. And, like, you, you can't be closed-minded. you got to be self-aware. And, like you said, you got to have that mindset to always be learning and always be open to learning new concepts, whether it's on the field or off the field.
0: Yes, exactly. I mean, and and really, that's that's what it is all about. Wherever you go, if you have an open mind and a good attitude, you know, you're going to be fine. Of
1: course, man. You just of have course. those
0: two things, and where whatever you do, you'll be fine with.
1: Yeah, and that's that's a great one to leave off on. If you have a good attitude and open mind, you can do anything. And that's that's perfect, man. A hundred percent. Um, if, if any of our listeners want to get in contact with you, see where you're at, and. Want to you know cooperate and ask you some questions? What's the best way for them to contact you?
0: Um, I'm probably Instagram is the. It's just easy, accessible to everybody. Uh, Most people have it. It's just at Sean Dinberg, my name. Um, I mean, yeah, I'm open to anyone asking questions because there is there is a lot of things that you you can't you don't know until you talk to someone that's kind of been through it, and. just having the most amount of people you can ask and learn from it helps you. It helps you so much in this whole journey. So yeah, I think man. that would be best.
1: Fantastic, man! Fantastic, and um, wish you luck on the best of this journey. I know me and you will catch up sometime soon in the next month yes. or two, yep. in a couple months. Uh, appreciate all your insights and um, yeah, thanks for having me. This is awesome. Of course, of course, man. Of course, best of luck and keep working hard, brother. I thanks, know you man. can. You too. Get to where you want. Thank you, bro. All right, bro. Peace.
0: Later.